episode of Talk Me to the Movies. This is Kara. And this is Brenna. And this week we are covering um, the movie that came out in 2020, Promising Young Woman. Woo! Uh, woo! Which, if you watch the Oscars, <laughs> won the award for Best Original Screenplay. Yeah. Um, directed by Emerald Fennell and starring Carrie Mulligan, who's great. So, yeah. That's what we're yeah. talking about today. I'm excited. <laughs> Actually, and a little bit nervous to talk about this movie. because Really? It's, <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, in, in a good way. It is kind of controversial, but it's, I think it's, I guess I'm giving up myself early, but I think it's really great and, <laughs> and that there's a lot to talk about. And I'm so glad that it, you know, didn't walk away empty-handed at the Oscars. I was really yeah. excited for Emerald Fennell, so that was cool. <laughs> I really like her, and um, I mean, it had a lot of nominations. I, yeah. I was actually surprised. I think it had like five, nom- maybe even six. I don't know. If, I don't remember if it got nominated for best um, hair and makeup, but yeah, oh, yeah. walked away with best re- original screenplay, which is a big time player in the awards ceremony. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> I know. I saw something online that I think is really accurate. It was basically saying best original screenplay is like the cool kid award of the Oscars. It's always like somebody that you're really rooting for and who's kind of an up and comer, like like Jordan Peele won it for Get Out. And I forget who won it last year, but I think it was kind of a um, similar situation. So I was like, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I'm like, was it the fair? It wasn't the farewell. Farewell is who we wanted to win. I don't remember. I know. I'm like totally blanking. I'm like, we spent so much time talking about them last year too. It feels like eight, like decades ago. I found on like my Google Drive, like my ballot that we used for the podcast oh, really? last year and was reminiscing. Oh, <laughs> what a time. That was fun. It was a good time. Oh, duh. It was Parasite. Oh, Parasite <laughs> sold the show last of year. Of course, <laughs> which we were very excited about. But. Yes, I had my blinders on because I was like, "Yeah, it won Best Picture and Director," yeah. and I forgot actually won a lot of other things. <laughs> yeah, I was sad that I really wanted Carrie Mulligan to win Best Actress. She was who I was pulling for, but it was a pretty stacked year this year and really tight race. So it's okay that she didn't, but I think it would have been cool. <laughs> she looked phenomenal. I will say oh that my like, gosh. She, her dress was amazing. Yeah. Big fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, is it bad luck to dress in head to toe gold? If you're nominated for an Oscar, I'm like, does anyone actually win when they do this? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah. But it's worth it for the moment. I'm like, yes, you go for it. <laughs> But like you were saying, this is kind of a controversial film, uh-huh. uh, mostly because of what it deals with, like what the subject yeah. of the film is. So I am really interested to see kind of your reactions to like certain public opinions and then also uh-huh. just kind of like how you feel about the movie in general. But should we, we're definitely <laughs> going to be, there's going to be lots of spoilers in this episode. Oh yes, good uh, I point. Feel like you can't talk about this movie without there being spoilers yeah you really can't (laughs) yeah so should we talk a little bit about what it's about yeah promising young woman um is a story about a young woman named Cass who uh, we learned was originally in medical school um with her best friend Nina 
and her friend was a victim of sexual assault at a party. Um, and like many sexual assault cases, um, nothing was done from the, the school that these kids were attending. Um, and no ju real justice was ever served. Um, Nina, after this devastating situation, ends up killing herself. And mm -hmm. we have Cass, starring, which is played by Carrie Mulligan, um, kind of revenging, taking revenge um, on people who had something to do, um, who were either standing on the sidelines or had something to do um, with not having letting justice be served um taking revenge on those people um it, it definitely paints the picture if you've watched the trailer to you think you're going to be watching kind of like a horror <laughs> uh like killing type of revenge movie but it right you we'll carry underwood <laughs> yes <laughs> but then you find out it's actually not that um mm -hmm. so yeah what did you think about it, yeah. bro? <laughs> that's a, that a great recap. Um, yeah, I. so the first time I saw this movie, um, which shout out to the Texas Theater, Sunset Drive-In, that's what allowed me to see it um, in sort of a theater setting for the first time. But um, I, so I'd heard that it was not what it seemed to be and that like the ending was kind of wild, but I didn't know any details. I didn't actually know any spoilers um but I kind of knew something was up um but I think you know just like my first impression of it on a high level was that I really liked it and I thought it was really smart and um I just I loved what they were doing with the use of tropes and I was like okay this is such a dark subject matter but it's also quite funny and but at the same time doesn't lose sincerity and heart which like I don't even I have such respect for filmmakers that can do that because it's so easy to be like tone deaf or to do that in a really bad way and interestingly I think a lot of people uh, actually do think that about this movie which is you know part of the reason why it's so divisive but um but then the end of it the first time I saw it I was kind of like whoa I was like I really just needed to take some time to figure out what that made me feel about the film and just um you know, in general, how that affected it for me. And, but I, I did still feel like after taking some time after the first viewing and now having seen it again, I was like, okay, I definitely like and respect this movie, but it's something that I wouldn't, that like probably for a lot of people in my life, I would try and, you know, give a bit of a warning to like, this is not really, um, it can, it can seem misleading that it's going to stay in kind of a safe space, and it, and it doesn't. Um, it it flip-flops itself a couple of different times. So <laughs> it's complicated, but I think that I'm in the camp of having a lot of respect for it um, and appreciating the movie. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. Like, I think it really is a very dark comedy with, like, very, very, very sensitive subject matter. Mm -hmm. And I did kind of almost, like, after I finished it, I was like, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't be okay, like, actually watching this movie. And yeah. I, I almost wish it had, like, a, I don't know, like, a, maybe, I don't know if any movie ever has this, but, like, some sort of sensitivity warning at the beginning. Um, right. It's interesting, because TV shows do. I don't know yeah. why, like, movies don't really, but. No, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I definitely, that thought definitely crossed my mind, too, like, 
after watching it, just, I, like, people who've dealt with, I mean, honestly, like, even if someone hasn't dealt with, like, a traumatic experience like that, like, I could mm-hmm. see that being triggering if someone in your life has, um, but yeah, I, I, definitely, I think the, like, some of the heat it's getting is definitely warranted, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, I don't feel like people are giving, like, Emerald Fennell enough credit uh, for, like, some of those things being intentional in right. the art form of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So that's, yeah. I, I know, I'm kind of like, a, like, I have, like, two, a, feet, two, a foot in, like, two <laughs> playing camps. fields. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, totally. Because, I mean, even in rewatching it, I was like, the ending is actually, like, extremely hard to watch like the first time I think I was kind of like stunned and I kept thinking it was still going to end differently like as that scene is unfolding but then the second time knowing what was going to happen and just kind of watching it I was just like oh man this is like really rough um a trigger warning I guess the whole subject of this movie is but um Cassie ends up being killed at the end by the man that um sexually assaulted her best friend um um, I do think, you know, I want to, like you were saying, giving credit to Emerald Fennell's intentionality. Um, she, I think she's very wise with the way she cuts that scene and what she chooses to focus on. Um, but it is still extremely violent and, and really hard to watch. Um, but, um, yeah, it just is like a massive exclamation point on like a really unforeseen crescendo. Because up until that point, you know, everything that Cassie's trying to do, you know, she's, she's inflicted some quote unquote revenge, even if not in the way we originally thought. And she's, she had seemed to be heading towards a better place. And you kind of think like, okay, this is the final piece of the puzzle. This guy's going to get his just desserts and everything's going to be okay. But that is not at all what happens. Um, and it's, it's upsetting. No. Yeah. That's one thing I thought about too, is like her choice of like showing all of that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Part of me feels like Cass knew exactly what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, in, or she, she purposely didn't tighten the handcuff to the bed tight enough mm-hmm. because so many times, like, a female's words and emotions coming out of a traumatic event aren't enough evidence for people to base right. something off of. So, like, mm-hmm. part of me wonders, like, is it intentional that, that Cass knows unless there's a body, mm-hmm. like... And unless he's locked up forever, like, justice wouldn't be served. Right. But, uh, but also there's this whole other, like, situation going on where Cass obviously has an addiction mm-hmm. to, like, what she's doing. And maybe, like, actually, like, to the point of, like, figuring out that she's never going to be able to get past this. And, like, her death, like, or being, I don't know, being on pur- purposeful, I guess. But Right. Yeah, and I thought one of my kind of favorite parts, which is actually probably one of the most controversial parts, <laughs> actually, is Max Greenfield, who plays Joe, mm-hmm. which is Al's, the character Al's, like, best friend, comes in and finds the body. Mm-hmm. And if anyone's watched television, like, ABC, I don't even remember what the channel was, if you know <laughs> New Girl, you know... Mm-hmm that Max Greenfield plays Schmidt, who is definitely a more misogynistic uh, 
character on the show, <laughs> New right. Girl, who, which I mean, he definitely has like a lot of effeminate qualities. And I think that's like one thing that New Girl's like point is, is like, like, I don't know, as far as like gender biases go or whatever. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like his character, he, he's, he's doing a very comedic moment in that film where it's kind of asking you to laugh after Cass has died. Mm-hmm. And it definitely took me to a point where I was like starting to question anything I laughed at on new girl that had to do with like girls drinking too much. And there's right, one scene in right. new girl that he gets a girl drunk and basically coerces her into his bedroom, mm. which is a very funny scene. And it starts to ask you the question of like, what are you going to laugh at? Right. And is it okay to laugh at these things? And we've kind of been laughing throughout the movie. And then at this point, we kind of realized that we shouldn't have been. And it's right. too late because Cass is already dead. Right. Um, so, like, that's, like, part of, like, is that her point? I don't know. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that's such a good, I, that's a good point you make. Like, because it really is, I think, part of what, Another thing that people have a problem with in this movie is they see it as emotional manipulation, but it's also like that that moment you have where you're like, I've been caught, like I was tricked into this, or I've been kind of trained in ways that I didn't realize um, to react to scenes like this. You know, that's like a scene we've seen so many times, not, you know, with that kind of real ending, but similar scenes that are totally constructed to be funny um even if they're totally inappropriate and I just think um for me that's something that I really uh appreciate about this film is just the amount of times it turns those things that you're used to on their head and just is like "Mm, like now you're uncomfortable or you know oh this is this um trope that you could like you know you could pick out pick up out of a lineup um, but it's being used so smartly and making like a really important point. And like sometimes I think what's interesting is sometimes that's really obvious, like that she's kind of um, toying with a trope we're used to in other media. And then other times it like you said, it kind of takes you by surprise and you don't really realize until like until the scene is over, you know, what it's done to you. And, you know, I think everything that she does with ryan's character played by Bo burnham is like a huge part of that too which is like really impressive to me even more in a second viewing i was just like oh my goodness like what she's doing with that character is like insane and um really smart and just totally convicting (laughs) it's like no what did you think about Bo burnham's character oh my goodness well what do you think of Bo burnham in general well i don't really I don't know. Like, I know he was a big, I'm going to totally butcher this. He was <laughs> some kind of like YouTube fame before he came up, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but my really only context for him is just, I love the movie eighth grade that he made, <laughs> but I'd never really seen him. I mean, no, that's not true. I'd seen him act in smaller roles and other things, just like smaller comedic roles. But he very much, even just with that little bit of exposure, I knew he's like, oh, he's a Hollywood nice guy. Like, he's totally safe and, like, funny and nice. And um, 
but that's really, you know, all I really knew him from. And But, like, yeah, she just totally had me wrapped around his finger, like like Cassie becomes, you know? Yeah. Uh, but what, what about you? What was your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, uh, it that part, like, of, like, I actually really liked their love story that, like, in yeah. the midst of this thing, mm-hmm. it was very, like, like, I, again, like, I, I'm not seeing, like, romantic comedies like I used to in, like, the early <laughs> 2000s and, like, late 90s, and it, like, those moments like definitely take you back to those sorts of films Mm -hmm. and um I didn't know much about Bo Burnham I'd like seen him with his like little stint on like Parks and Rec Mm -hmm. and and then I went my boyfriend and I went back and watched his comedic like his comedy Mm. that's on Netflix oh nice and it's all very like music based oh that's right yeah um and it is funny (laughs) <laughs> it, it's just like he's so young in it you uh-huh. know like yeah there's definitely things like on the first like season of his like comedy stand-up or whatever I'm like I don't know if that would fly right now but comedy mm-hmm. like that you know things yeah. fly in comedy that don't fly anywhere else so mm-hmm. um I do really like him though like as a person yeah and it was fun to see him acting in this um mm-hmm. but yeah I saw like a funny interview with them with Carrie Mulligan and um, Bo Burnham, and he was like, one day I'd be on set and I'd be thinking I was, like, filming this funny, like, rom-com, and then the next day, like, I'd be talking to people on set, and I'm like, actually, that's not what this is at all. <laughs> <laughs> and he's it's like, my true. days were really fun and lighthearted, and everyone else's were, like, a little more intense. Very intense. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny to think about. Yeah, because he has, like, really one rough scene where he is his character kind of has to confront everything but otherwise yeah what he has to shoot is just like the fun part of everything yeah for sure (laughs) yeah no I think he's great as a person um as as far as I know I don't know but um, I'm not gonna talk about his character yeah (laughs) Um, yeah. Uh, but I totally I'm I'm curious did you think watching this did you kind of uh were you led on to the idea that he was somehow gonna have been involved in what happened to her friend or was that like a a surprise it was a surprise for me which like I knew something bad was gonna happen there but Mm -hmm. I thought it was gonna be more so that like he figured out what she was doing not Mm. so much as like him being a part of this sexual assault case. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought the quote that, like, he was, like, where he's, like, telling Carrie Mulligan, like, I didn't do anything was mm-hmm. very interesting because that's the whole thing is he didn't do anything when exactly. the sexual assault was going on. Um, and so many times, nice guys, air quotes, nice guys, mm-hmm. get caught on the sidelines laughing at what's going on. Mm-hmm. Even though they're not participating in it, they're not they're not helping the situation. They're not right. standing up for people. Um, so I thought, like, just that whole scene of them in the doctor's office was, like, very well constructed, and the writing mm-hmm. was really good. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. But I think my favorite like line or set of lines in this whole movie is um I don't even remember which character it is but just someone I think early on says to her like 
I'm a, but I'm a nice guy. And she's like, are you like, (laughs) and I just like, I just feel that in my bones, like, (laughs) because it's so complicated. Right. It's like, okay. Like you're, you're going through the motions and like doing quote unquote nice things. You're not involved, you know, directly. You could say in some of these like bad things, whether they're misogynistic actions or actual assault, but I just love that it just confronts that and unpacks like the idea of the nice guy and um, even just down to um, like you're talking about Max Greenfield and there's Bo Burnham and just basically every guy that she that um, Carrie Mulligan's character kind of you know um, has an incident with is somebody who we know from being casted in nice guy roles in Hollywood I just thought that was you know, just an added layer of being like, okay, everybody is going to see this guy and like react a certain way. Like Adam, like Adam Brody, like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, like we're safe with him. Good guy. Like, <laughs> and super, and super bads. Yeah. Is- Christopher, what's his name? Christopher Mintz plus. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> McLovin. <laughs> McLovin. I know. That's how I know. I'm like, McLovin. Yeah. Like, but it- you know, harmless, like. But it is, I feel like she's very, I feel like the casting was very intentional because you have these mm-hmm. like iconic roles. Like you have yeah. the OC with Adam Brody, you have mm-hmm. um, Max Greenfield's like Schmidt character, yeah. and McLovin, like these like party culture roles. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that was all very intentional, which I kind of appreciated. But, Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, I don't know that it would have had, it still would have had an impact, but if it was just, it probably never could have been a guy who's who normally plays bad guy roles, but even just like a guy who's not as famous or is just, you know, kind of had neutral roles. I don't, I feel like it wouldn't have had the same kind of impact if it wasn't her actually luring you into being like, you know this guy, like you feel safe. Remember him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's just wild and like, oh man, I think the opening scene is just pretty incredible. I mean, hard to watch yet again, but, um, that scene is very familiar to women. Like, (laughs) um, and just, it is just so, just the way it's constructed in, in a way that's not like overly ironic and that it seems fake it's just actually very accurate <laughs> and it's just like whoa um, it's like you appreciate it but you're also highly uncomfortable it um, is very accurate like that's is. what's so crazy is that it is a dark comedy mm-hmm. but it is like it's too accurate for its own good almost like mm-hmm. like if you have if you grew up if you were in college going to parties you've seen Mm-hmm. that guy like you in yeah I yeah that's <laughs> it is interesting it definitely provoked a lot of conversations um mm-hmm. between some of my girlfriends and I mm-hmm. and some of my girlfriends who like aren't like avid movie watchers I think that's something interesting about this film that yeah even though it is like on screen something is nice about like it's it's I, like it's fun to see men get called out for this type of behavior, right. even if it is in a fictional movie. Right? Yeah, it's like it's very satisfying. <laughs> it's like I like seeing you shaking in your boots over this. Yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, I feel like it has attracted a lot, like a lot of people who aren't necessarily into film just because mm. of the subject matter of it. Yeah. And I also think it's like interesting that it's like provoked so many conversations in my life because people do have like big differences of opinions on it, but you can mm-hmm. also start to talk about like real life situations and the things that we laugh at and like coming out of a night like that, like where you've gotten too drunk at a party and you don't really remember what happens. Or if mm-hmm. you're a girl and you end up in a guy's bed and you don't remember mm-hmm. like a lot of times, like females cope with that stuff. Like, even though if they might feel like scared and, hurt Mm -hmm. and like overwhelmed and anxious in those situations a lot of times like females cope with that stuff by like laughing you know or like laughing at the night before and it's I think again like I just think that last scene was so interesting because it was definitely provoking humor and -hmm. it's like asking it to me it felt like are you gonna laugh at this like is this funny Right. And it, it felt convicting in a lot of ways mm-hmm. of things I've laughed at or like that. I don't know. It's just, it really does enter like it, it's more deep than it lets on. I feel like. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I think that's why I, I continue to, even if some things are hard to watch and you, you do kind of question like, okay, do we really need this to be portrayed on screen? Like, this is, is this, this is dangerous, you know? And I think it, it totally is in a lot of ways. Um, but I do think it's just the, the depth to it is just really, like, you don't get that kind of depth unless you weren't very uh, intentional and, like, detail-focused about how you were going to do this. Um, and that's why, like, I give it a lot of credit. Um, but... Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I love what you said about it provoking conversation because that, that's why I was like so excited to talk about this. So I was like, I would love, I actually like haven't really, uh, like my husband and I have talked about it a lot, but uh, obviously we're, we're not two women, but like I've wanted, I'm just like, this is so interesting to unpack. Like there's so much there and like, you know, I have a high amount of respect for people who want nothing to do with it because it could be extremely traumatizing or re-traumatizing if, you know, God forbid, this is something you've experienced. Um, so I don't, you know, take the ability to talk about it lightly, but, you know, it's, yeah, it's just really um, huge, hugely thought-provoking and, like, you know, especially, um, yeah, just being able to talk about it like we are with other women, it's especially interesting because I think a lot of people like we were saying earlier, a lot of people recognize this or, you know, have know people that like almost an exact replica of, of these kind of things has happened to. And it's just, yeah. Uh, I have just a lot of respect for her going for that and taking that on. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a scary subject matter. I would believe to take on as like a director. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, something I have found interesting though, is like, the amount of like interviews or like commentary I've seen <clears throat> about the film, like from males as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I just like wonder, like seeing it as a male, like a heterosexual male versus like 
a female, like mm-hmm. how just like the viewing experience is different, I guess, or like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's just, that's just also something that I found like interesting is cause I, I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it is totally interesting. And like, as you're saying that, I'm like, I don't know that I've really sought out I feel like now I want to go back and try and seek out some like male authored um, in-depth reviews on this movie because I'm like, well, I can think of just, you know, podcasts I listen to or just scrolling through Letterboxd or the internet and random reviews I've read. But it is interesting to just think about the differences and how people react. I'm sure there are are men that just straight up bristled at it and were just like, nope, like this is... (laughs) This is not for me because it's like an indictment of everybody and it's a blanket. But then I'm sure there are others who like were either convicted by it or like respected it in ways we might surprise we might be surprised by because they align with how we feel. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting. I'm like, yeah. I need to do that. I need to do some more homework. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to know, do you think Cass intentionally like, do you think she was really going in to carve her name on his stomach for mm-hmm. revenge? Or do you think that she knew that she needed to die? I, so interestingly, now I've kind of been, since you said it initially and after seeing it again last night, I actually do think she thought, I get what you said about her, like about the, you know, her kind of setting it up so that he would have the upper hand is, is extra interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but I do think she, at the very least, was pretty sure that was going to happen. Um, or just that that was kind of the inevitable that it was leading up to, not only because of the obvious things that happened, like her sending the, the letter and the video to the former attorney and, you know, obviously like the text that she scheduled to go to Ryan, but... Um, there's just a lot of imagery in the film, too, that I think is kind of like subconsciously uh, pushing you, pushing it to that conclusion or like, you know, making at least the audience subconsciously think that's what's going to happen. Um, for example, like there's the scene in the beginning of the movie. The first time we see her, she's in that bar and she's pretending like she's like literally falling asleep because she's so drunk and she's kind of like draped over the... Um, bar what is the word benches <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to say stools the bar stools and like she literally looks like this is gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be extra controversial we can cut this out but I'm like literally you say Jesus I was gonna say Jesus <laughs> um, and there's more than one reason I think that's like what it's kind of alluding to but it's kind of like okay she's in that stance like um that we kind of associate with a lot of of that imagery. But then also, um, you know, she kind of like this theme of sacrifice for her in like a pretty unhealthy way, but she's basically thrown away her entire life to avenge her best, what happened to her best friend. But then also there is a lot of imagery of her being like a saint, like that one, it's like an iconic, you know, screen grab people take from this movie of her in the coffee shop in front of that, Framed. The blue circular. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, she's it's like framing her like a saint. Um, and then, you know, later she dies. Um, and so I do kind of think 
you know, and if I'm, if I'm going to like actually let myself run with that theory, then like, (laughs) yes, she would have known, you know, that that was what was going to happen. Um, but yeah, I don't know that that was, I actually, I know that it wasn't my takeaway the first time. The first time I was a lot more like ambiguous on it. Like, I think I was kind of more in the field of, oh no, like she was confident at this point that she was gonna, you know, be successful in hurting this guy and, you know, either, you know, hopefully feeling avenged and moving on or staying in this like pseudo vigilante state. (laughs) But that, that has definitely changed for me. I think the more times I've seen it, but, um, but yeah, what what about you? Do you think you think she? Knew? I think you're spot on with. Okay, that <laughs> I was analogy. like, is this weird? I was like, I was like, okay, and, I'm gonna bring up Jesus. <laughs> well, actually, that that actually makes the one scene that literally didn't work for me in this entire movie almost hmm. make a little bit of sense if we're like kind of like looking at her as like this saint mm-hmm. is. Um, oh man. Stanley, he plays it. It's Clancy Brown, but he plays Stanley, who is the um, lawyer Mm. who oversees. Who basically, I think he gets Al the Mm -hmm. the perpetrator out of a lawsuit, or like it's he's his lawyer, and he admits that he's like helped, however many, so many men get out of cases. Mm-hmm. Um, with like sexually assaulting or wrongdoing women, mm-hmm. and the only scene that didn't work for me, like outrageously in this film, was the scene where she goes to see him to take her revenge upon him, mm-hmm. and he's kind of bowing mm-hmm. at her feet, asking for her forgiveness. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about his, that. Yeah, asking for her to like, I don't know, like release him from his pain or he's like actually remorseful for what he did Mm -hmm. and that to me like wasn't very believable you know Mm. this man's so that was like the one thing that I didn't really understand a lot in this movie so that kind of makes like that image that you're talking about of her being this like Christ-like saint like Mm -hmm. sacrifice herself because of what happened to Nina, yeah, that makes him being as like asking her for her forgiveness mm-hmm. to like be released from it, which we come to find out that he helps her ultimately take out that revenge with so, some law term. I don't know. <laughs> A subpoena? I don't know. <laughs> I know. Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> he has the evidence and he turns it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But something else that's interesting that I've kind of also thought about um, is a lot of people are saying, is this whole thing just like a fantasy, like a revenge fantasy, and it's not Mm. actually like what's actually happening in the movie? It's just her like thinking about the revenge, which a lot of the other backlash like that this movie has gotten, and I think rightfully so, is that at the end... The people who end up, like the last scene we see are the cops taking him in. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are like, which again, rightfully so, like there's so many cases that don't get handled correctly from law enforcement as yeah. like as it relates to sexual assault. Mm-hmm. So is it okay for this film to like kind of like be painting this 
as it mm-hmm. as they're handling it finally like mm-hmm. they're the heroes in the end after she like right right dies or whatever which then again i'm like I don't know. There's a lot of things at play here. So I'm like, yeah. also I'm like, maybe the whole thing is a fantasy and this is like what revenge would look like in like, in the ideal sense, because will it actually be, will revenge actually, not revenge, but justice actually be served mm-hmm. from the justice department? <laughs> like, right. It's know. true. Just cause he's getting arrested too. Doesn't necessarily. Yeah. mean that that's the outcome as messed up as that is, but <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that's so interesting. I, I guess I hadn't heard much about that theory, but I could, yeah, like you were saying, I can totally see where that comes from. And, um, but yeah, it is a bit, it is a bit interesting. Like, man, I'm so glad we're talking about this because I'm just <laughs> seeing all these added layers and my thoughts continue to evolve. But um, it is interesting just to think about, you know, for a lot of people watching this movie, if they do, you know, if they're able to, that that may not have been the outcome to their story. And, like, seeing that happen is hard. Um, and I could, I can totally understand just on its face just being like, oh, well, this is immediately unrealistic because this guy is probably actually not that likely to have to pay for what happened. I mean, maybe that's part of the reason why it ended the way it did, too, is, like, if it's not the fantasy theory of like, okay, a lot of people know that like these, you know, promising young men, if you will, um, never pay for crimes of sexual assault. Um, but yeah, it is, it is tough. Like it's like there, I could see where people could see that to be a bit manipulative or that it's really only, that makes it instantly unrealistic because (laughs) people don't really always pay for that, those crimes that cleanly. Um, so it is a really interesting point. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so true. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because <laughs> I see so, like, both sides of the coin. Like, yeah. That's also, like, my personality. I'm like, oh, I understand that person. I understand that person. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're an Enneagram 4. You just connect on the feels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But one one thing, too, that I was kind of thinking about as we were talking is I think something that's really smart, but also I kind of had a hard time with kind of the most in this movie, too, were the scenes with her confronting the other women. Um, Those were really interesting to me. Um, Like, firstly, because, again, just like, you know, hitting the nail on the head. I think the conversation she has with the Madison character, who was her other friend in college, who kind of witnessed this happen. And then the Dean who had received the complaint and basically did nothing with it when they were in college. Um, Both of those like exchanges of dialogue, I think were really well done and seemed believable because like, it's like we hear people talk like that, just like those lines of, you know, well, you can't make yourself vulnerable like that. And, you know, she doesn't remember. So how can I be sure? And I can't ruin someone's life. And um, even though someone else's life has already been ruined, you know, it's, so I think it was really smart in that way. But it was, I think the complicated aspect of those parts of the story were 
that she at least dangled, she being Cassie, dangled um, inflicting the same kind of pain onto them. Even though in the end, it was all kind of like showmanship. I was like, I don't really know if it's okay for her to be doing that. Um, I could totally understand wanting to, but you know, that was complicated and I assume it's supposed to be, but I just thought those scenes were really interesting. (laughs) No, that's a really good point too, because like we see Cassie wanting to like avenge what happened to her friend, but the first two people she goes after are females, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of like, kind of like is an issue with what the whole storyline is actually supposed and maybe that's not the first two I'm not I, I might not be remembering correctly of like the order I think you're right people. they're like the first ones who are like directly involved yeah yeah but she that's a really good point is that like she's kind of going after these females who in some way or another like either through life experience or through knowing how the system works have probably like put on a show or um, acquiesce to the fact that the male always wins in this situation. So why mm-hmm. do I need to stand up for this? Like, should I, should I throw myself under the bus to, to like get justice for this person or, Mm-hmm. In some ways, we're almost, like, trained to, like, not to back off as yeah. females in those types of situations. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. No, that's a really good point. I hadn't really thought about that one. But that one's kind of, it's, it's kind of, like, puts the whole point of the storyline kind of to question a little bit. Because yeah. of what she's asking, or what she's threatening those women with. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like I appreciate it from the perspective of like, you know, women are not free from indictment on this either. And like they can be just as guilty of, you know, shaming their fellow women or friends um, in just as toxic, toxic of a way. Like, I think that's an important truth to bring to light. But it, I think it was just like the detail of, of you know, making... <laughs> making them think that something truly awful had happened to them or somebody that they loved. Um, It's tough. It's like, okay, I I get that you could say something, just like a talking to probably wasn't really going to get to them because they had the walls up and they just wanted to stay out of it and stay clean. But it's just like, oof, it's just... Yeah, it's that age-old, okay, do you stoop to this to, like, make your point and to teach someone a lesson? Or, you know, do you leave it alone? And it's just complicated. I don't know the answer. (laughs) Um, That's also kind of, like, the complications of, like, the emotion anger, too, is that sometimes you're angry and you go after anyone who's in your path, like, without... Yeah like really thinking about it but at the same time you'd hope that in a movie situation that the theme would be like really pronounced throughout every action that the that the main character takes or our protagonist takes but yeah oh yeah I'm really glad you said that that really complicates (laughs) this movie for me (laughs) but it's like again it's like something else I think on its face that I respect about it because like we're talking about it you know and it's so heavy. It's like, <laughs> it's so interesting because stylistically the movie is all like candy and like 
fun to look at and happy music, but it is, yeah, extremely heavy otherwise in its actual subject matter. Do you think this movie would have been more well-received if, one, it focused on all the assailants that were present, mm-hmm. and two, she was actually killing them? I don't know. I think it was going to be just as divisive either way. Like, I remember when it first came out that that was a lot of people's um, kind of first uh, qualms with it was just that, oh, I thought this was a revenge movie and that's actually not what this is. But I think that would have made it just as divisive. Um, And I think, I, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's like, Maybe, maybe that's not true, because then I think about movies, even movies that I love, like John Wick and things that are like all about, like, we're, we're exacting revenge and we're doing it <laughs> with finality. Um, and, you know, you, you get a kick out of watching those movies. Um, but I think this is a, such a real subject matter, um, something that far too many people actually deal with and that is actually, it's not like over fantasized. Like I think a lot of revenge films actually are so that you can kind of allow yourself to root for this person that's enacting violence or whatever it is. Um, there's a lot to unpack there too, like why we're okay with it. But um, let's get on a Joker hiatus. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, exactly. But it's like, but I think that's why I don't think this would have worked if she was like actually killing people it, it wouldn't have worked as the same movie with that to be happening it would have had to been like completely different stylistically and like the storyline I think would have had to have just a little bit more shallowness to it I don't know does this make any sense it's no no it does <laughs> like I don't think it if it had went that way I don't think it would have shown up on the academy awards list yeah um I'm actually still shocked that it, it actually was nominated for Best Picture. I did not see that coming, but yeah, I think you're right. It, it definitely wouldn't have been if it had gone there. <laughs> Horror really doesn't do well. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true, which is much to my um, sadness, but <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> kind of one thing on a more like positive um, note that, I just think some of the performances in this movie are so great. I I really appreciate, I mean, all the, not just the performances of, like, the men that we've talked about, but just, I think, I love Laverne Cox in this movie. I love um, Jennifer Coolidge, who pay, plays Cassie's mom, and just Molly Shannon is so, whenever Molly Shannon is, like sincere and deep it really cuts me to the core for some reason (laughs) um she plays nina's mom and i i really appreciate the scene that the two of them have um and so i was i just really thought that they were really great and it was another big contributing factor to my overall feeling about this movie (laughs) that was a really good scene yeah um that was really sweet and then another scene i really liked too was the scene Cass has with her dad, which I'm not sure of that actor's name. Yeah, Um, I'm not sure either. He's been in all the things, but I'm totally blanking on his name. Yeah, (laughs) like I'm not. I'm not even gonna look it up. But (laughs) I know. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I did cry at that part where he was like, as we miss Nina too, but like we miss you yeah. as well. And mm-hmm. which it's so easy for like something like that to like be connected through your whole life, you know? Yeah. And really become you, you know? Mm-hmm. It's and like your whole identity. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's what happened to Cass, so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, but. yeah, speaking of that, too, that just, like, made me remember, speaking of, like, identity and getting tied to things, like, from trauma or, you know, grief, one thing that that was really visceral in that scene when she's confronting Al toward the end and she's just, I was like, ooh, this is, really important and really good as she's just talking about you know everybody knows your name everybody remembers you but you know the day like like she became yours like the day you did that to her and nobody knows her name and she lost her personhood essentially um that's not word for word the scene at all but that's essentially the point of it and um I was like I'm so glad that they're drawing comparison or not comparison drawing um us to remember this that just all the different ways it um stole from her friend and then obviously Cassie too like she took on after Nina passed like she took on the role of um avenging that and that like now she was gonna fix that and she she lost her personhood too uh, because what happened to somebody that she loved and I thought that was just really um, just like an important reminder of all the people and all the ways that that evil like spreads out and affects people even and like this guy got to continue to live a perfect life and I just appreciated that they made you look at that and confront it <laughs> um, it was a good scene and then it gets hard after that but <laughs> no yeah that's so true and I think it's important, too, like, that these stories are told by female filmmakers, mm-hmm. you know, like, because I think that it's easy for details like that to be, like, left out, like, if they're not, you know, like, right, just like the, I don't know, just like the love, care, and attention mm-hmm. that goes towards, like, the victim in that situation, like, I, I think you're totally right. I think something would have really been missing without that specific line in that movie mm-hmm. of her confronting him. But, you know. Yeah. True. Yeah. 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 On a side note, do you watch Killing Eve? <laughs> do I watch what? Killing Eve. <laughs> no, I have not. I was just thinking She's... of it because Emerald Fennell is like a writer on that show. And I was just musing. I was like, she just writes women and women's stories really well <laughs> in yeah. really complicated ways. <laughs> Something else I really like is I feel like just like interviews I've seen or just like um, things I've like seen written, it seems like Carrie Mulligan and Emerald Fennell like really do have this like really deep female like friendship. Yeah. Um, and I think that they like, I saw one interview that they were, like, working on a film together. Like, I think it was, like, early, early on in their career. And, oh, I'm going to butcher this. But um, 
just like the titles of their characters were so interesting. One oh. was like bitchy best bitchy best girlfriend, and I think the other one was like hot girl. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> That's so interesting. <laughs> I know, and, I, and I'm probably butchering it, but one of them was definitely bitchy bitchy girl. Mm-hmm. Um, that does not surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like. And I mean that's the start of their career mm-hmm. in Hollywood or Emerald Fennell's from Europe, but um, I don't know. It just shows the importance of like <laughs> that we we change the voice from being yes. bitchy friend to I don't know female protagonist who <laughs> kill not kills but gets justice for yeah. <laughs> female best friend like that's way better of a role than we have is like bitchy or hot girl right oh my goodness hot girl number five yeah (laughs) oh my goodness that's so true like protect female producers and and filmmakers and or at least at least the ones who understand it (laughs) yeah yeah oh gosh that's so that's so telling I just think about like the late 90s early 2000s like especially that's just the first thing in recent memory of like that was every woman's like you know personality (laughs) which is just sad but okay I have another question for you okay this is is my last question what did you think of the Paris Hilton song (laughs) that scene is so good I couldn't believe The first time I heard it, I was like, oh my gosh, I remember this song and I remember the words. And I had like totally forgotten that Paris Hilton even had that stint. (laughs) Yeah. But I was like, this is such a visceral like song memory. (laughs) Um, No, I think that scene is so good. First of all, it's just like a joy to watch and you love their chemistry and it's just on its face, just like a really good, enjoyable scene. But it's also, it, it goes back to that like, Emerald Fennell knows exactly what she's doing with that. It's like, that is like the quintessential rom-com scene. Like, they're they're doing something totally embarrassing together. And like, they don't care because they're in love. And they don't care what other people think. And it's like, every woman, like, wants that from her guy. And she knows exactly yeah. what she's doing. She's, like, luring the viewer in, too, of, like, oh, you, like, this is, again, something familiar, even if, you know, different in the details. And, um, but yeah, I just... Never, never would have expected um, that song. <laughs> Mostly because I forgot it existed, but it's just such a good. That scene's gonna be like iconic for so long. <laughs> oh, it really is. And yeah, you're so right about that iconic 1990s rom-com <laughs> scene. Yeah. And I loved it. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I loved every second of it. She's like, you. She's like, I know that you watching this. You're in love with him too now, and I'm gonna hurt you just as badly when I show you <laughs> what's what you know he was involved in but oh yeah that's very true <laughs> uh, the I've like actually been listening to the soundtrack like it's so in good. my workouts yeah it is really good <laughs> it's definitely a blast from the past and yeah um, no yeah it's good <laughs> <laughs> I love it oh yeah, yeah. It's going to be a movie that I think is in the cultural discussion for a while or just, I don't know if they still have these shows, but you know how they used to have 
on MTV or VH1, whatever it was. It was like, I love the 90s or I love the 2010s. And they just like talk about cultural moments. Like this movie would definitely <laughs> be on one of those countdowns forever. <laughs> yeah. The one, I'm going to say one more thing and I'm like, that's really all I have to say about <laughs> no, you're but good. I, I really do love the, the age of these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she was like, she's 30, right? right. I believe that's right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. That's something I appreciated, like feeling seen in my yeah. age, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like this. Yeah. That was also just kind of nice because I was like, oh, this is like. I, I connect more to this story because of the age of these characters and it's not like these 22, like these up and comers, like we're right. seeing all these faces that we know and um, that kind of thing. So Yeah, yeah. that's so true. That's a good point. I, I feel like we've talked, maybe it was like our Greta Gerwig episode or something. We were like, it's just so nice to do coming of age. This is not a coming of age film, but just movies <laughs> that are like, you know, you used to seeing maybe this story, yeah, from a 20-year-old's perspective, or just, it is nice that it's um, people a little bit, dare I say older, but just firmer into adulthood, and you kind of can see, like, an added layer of depth to, like, where these people would really be at as a result of, you know, what's happened in this story, and yeah, I appreciated that, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely thought, I, I thought Carrie Mulligan, not in, like, a bad way, I thought she was way older than me than she actually is and I'm just like I just need to face the fact that I'm a woman in my 30s now and most (laughs) actresses are probably younger than me or close to my age so (laughs) she's not younger but (laughs) see this is a hard time because now we have we like are remembering all these people older than us and Mm -hmm. now we have to remember this whole new generation of (laughs) actors and actresses and like I'm overwhelmed I know it really is overwhelming and then I learned their ages and I'm just like oh my goodness it was like I just remember I used to think all these people were so much older and like had life experience and this is just what it's like now it's only gonna get worse (laughs) no but it's fun well have you seen anything recently that you really liked or is stuck with you or anything you really hated that (laughs) I like that we've added this new element I'm like what did you hate (laughs) um I had to pull up my letterbox list, but I do know I did see something that I really loved lately, um, which was um, this movie called The Philadelphia Story. Um, So my husband and I have been kind of slowly working our way through the AFI Top 100 films list, um, which Mm -hmm. was kind of spurred on by a friend of ours who like kind of got obsessed with it. And we were like, we should start watching these. So And it's just, you know, a a lot of movies from, like, 1907 to today. And, like, it's literally just, like, it's updated every year. And so that list is just, like, you know, our consensus, AFI's consensus of the 100 best films of all time up until this point. Um, So, anyway, we've been watching a lot of old movies mostly through that because still the majority of that list is old movies. And The Philadelphia Story came out in 1941. 1940. Um, and because of my just like summer of Hitchcock obsession films and all of that, I really wanted to watch this one because it has both Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart in it and Catherine Hepburn stars in it. 
anyway, long story short, I was just like, where has this movie been my entire life? Like, I'm sure people listening to this are like, how did you not know about the Philadelphia story? Um, but it, I just really loved it, and I would just recommend it all day. It's so funny, and so I particularly love Jimmy Stewart and anything that he's in. And um, oh man, it's so good. It's I think it's based on it was a play originally, like it was a big Broadway hit in like the 1940s. Yeah. Um, it is kind of the first time, like a lot of the old films I've been watching lately have been serious films, which I also love, and I really you know, appreciate them, especially Hitchcock movies that are like horror or mystery, but this one being like a comedy and kind of like a rom-com. And I was just like belly laughing. And it's just really, if you just need like an enjoyable movie, um, that's really endearing because it has all the Hollywood legends at once. Um, I would definitely recommend it. (laughs) I need to watch it. I love Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He's the best. He reminds me of Nicolas Cage, which is another reason why I like him, because Nicolas Cage is, like, my favorite actor. <laughs> As we learned from our uh, last week's episode from yes. Into the Spider-Verse. Exactly. That's right. Oh, gosh. I'm going to start getting weird about how often I mention <laughs> Nicolas Cage. <laughs> but okay. I haven't really watched anything that I didn't like. I've been kind of – I've had a slow couple of weeks, so – that's yeah. really all I've got. <laughs> what about you? Nice, nice. Um, I had not seen Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, so I watched oh, yeah. it after the Oscars, actually. Nice. Um, and I, like, like, really cried pretty hard at the ending. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, and I just thought it was really, really good. And I was very upset about... Um, Chadwick Boseman not getting the the best actor award at the Me Oscars too. after seeing it and even though I I really liked the father um mm-hmm. and I thought he did amazing in that but I I really wanted like after seeing that I was like man it does suck that they didn't take the opportunity to you know like recognize him mm-hmm. um exactly. I think I feel like he deserved to be recognized and the other thing I watched recently was um Ready Player One Oh, nice. I never see. I never seen that movie, and um, I've been doing a lot of reading re- recently, and now I'm tempted to go and read that book. Oh yeah, but I actually really, really liked that movie. It's really fun. Yeah, I liked it too. I I wasn't expecting. I was like, I don't know. I guess I was. I saw it. I thought it was gonna be like more of a kids movie for some reason. Yeah. Um, it does kind of come across that it, way, like the trailers and stuff. Yeah, but I definitely would not recommend children to see this movie. But. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because uh, like the Iron Giant was in all of the like yeah. pro- promo imagery, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's like my childhood." Yeah, yeah. And Hello Kitty's in it at one point. Yeah. And, but um, yeah, I really liked that movie, and I'm kind of excited to try to give the book a chance now too, because they they recently just came out with um, Ready Player Two. Oh, really? Um, in book version, so I wonder if the movie will be coming out as well. Nice. But, I've heard the book yeah. is really good. Um, yeah. You have to let me know how it is. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a fun movie. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> did you watch anything that you didn't like? <laughs> oh, man. I'm sure I did. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to 
go back and look at my um, my letterbox. No, I, I don't think I have watched anything I didn't necessarily like recently. Oh, that's good. Um, one thing I am really excited about in the TV world, like lots of very exciting things happening in the television world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Dexter, one of my very favorite oh. series of all time, has the new season coming out. Wait, what? They're rebooting Dexter? Yes. Because it, like, ended, right? It ended horribly. Oh. Wow. So they're getting a second chance? Yeah. So I don't think they're redoing the ending, but it's just going to be... Did you watch Dexter? I saw, like, random episodes, maybe a full season at one point, but I, I never, like, stuck with it. But I knew a lot of people that really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. It, they're going to continue on his story um, from nice. where he ended in the season finale, or the series finale. So Nice. And, wow. and Handmaid's Tale has the new season out, which I have yeah. not started watching yet, but I'm very excited to. So I feel like I'm going to be in the TV world. Yeah. <laughs> in the upcoming months, so. That's so true. It's like when a series you love has a new season or something, it's like, okay, well, this is going to monopolize my time because it's 10 hours as opposed to a few things that are a couple hours. And I'm definitely the person that goes back. I'm like, I have to watch the last, like, 10 episodes to, like, really feel like I, like, or, like, rewatch the whole series to feel right. like I really am ready, so. Yeah, well, because Dexter ended a while ago, right? Or is this oh, just a my... long time ago. I think okay. it ended... I graduated in 2014, 2015, and I think it ended before that. So Okay. Um, wow. I, don't, I honestly don't remember when it ended, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, that's exciting. I had literally no clue that was happening. That has me concerned. I'm like, where's my pop culture pulse? <laughs> oh my gosh, your, your <laughs> pop culture pulse is always spot on. Uh, like I'm consuming too many things if I don't know <laughs> this news. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening to our conversation on Promising Young Women. Um, There was clearly so much to talk about there, and um, we appreciate you coming along for the conversation with us. Um, So thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. (laughs)